Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com. Welcome back to Private Parts Unknown, a podcast about love and sexuality around the world. I'm Courtney Kosak, and today we're getting sober, privates. That's right. It's not sober October or dry January. We are right smack dab in the middle. But the good news is you can press pause on your drinking habit at any time of the year. So this episode is a friendly reminder that if you're feeling out of control with your drinking, you can take a 30-day or 100-day or indefinite hiatus anytime you want, even in the midst of the holiday season. And today's guest is the perfect inspiration. She took a hiatus of her own, she stuck to it, she did not succumb to peer pressure, and she gained a new perspective on her drinking. There is so much to learn here, so let's get into it. Hi, I'm Keegan Winfield. I am one of the co-hosts of My Worst Date Podcast. So, I mean, I'm very excited to talk to you about this. I am, to be totally honest, a huge booze isn't necessarily my thing. It was during the pandemic. I had more of a problem than I thought I ever would. I do have a cannabis problem that I've been trying to quit. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I feel that. But Yeah. I just wanted to hear about your 100-day journey, what you learned. It sounded like you, from that post and just chatting with you at that event, like you had done a bunch of research that kind of informed your decision. And yeah, I just want to hear about what inspired you to do that and what you've learned about yourself in the process. Okay, absolutely. Yeah. I think like you and like so many people during the pandemic, my drinking kind of got cranked up and it was incremental, right? Like it was like little by little and it was so easy because we were all just trying to survive this unbelievable thing that was happening. Um, And there was so much isolation going on and it was like, what else are we going to do? We can't go anywhere. But if I'm honest, you know, I think drinking was such a part of what I did to have fun, even pre-pandemic. I mean, it was always kind of like, oh, well, what are we going to do? Do you want to go grab a drink? Or like weekends did revolve around drinking quite a bit. And so I think I had questioned some my drinking prior to the pandemic. You know, drinking for me, it caused me to have anxiety. It caused me to wake up in the middle of the night. And so I would often find myself awake at like 3 a.m. with just like heart racing anxiety, alcohol induced Uh anxiety, telling myself like, you have to drink less. Like this, it doesn't feel good. It's clearly not good for you. Like you need to decenter it from your life. You need to drink less. And then the next day would be Saturday 
And it's like, well, what are you going to do? You're going to go back out and you're going to drink again, (laughs) you know? And so then it started weighing on me. Well, like, why can't I drink less? Because of course it was like, well, I'm not an alcoholic, right? I'm not Uh an alcoholic. I don't have a major problem. I've seen intervention. I'm not like that. So like, I don't have an issue, but I had to have some real like come to Jesus moments with myself where it was like, well, if you don't have a problem at all, then why are you having such a hard time not drinking, you know? Yeah. And so I started setting goals for myself, like, okay, I'm not going to drink this week. And I downloaded the Dry Days app like several times and I struggled. Like I really struggled with like going a week without drinking. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, this is a problem that <laughs> like you're, you're, you know, I also started focusing a lot more on my like spiritual health and I wanted to get a meditation practice going. I wanted to do yoga every day. I set that goal for myself and I found that drinking was getting in the way of doing those things because I'm not going to meditate if I've been drinking. I'm not going to do yoga if I've been drinking. It's not safe, you know. So I was just like, this isn't serving me at this time in my life. So I did a couple of things. I did some research. I did some Googling <laughs> to figure out what books I could read because I'm a big reader. Mm-hmm. And one that came up over and over again was Annie Grace's This Naked Mind. So mm-hmm. I downloaded that audiobook, which she reads herself, and I would just listen to it. I would go for walks and I would listen to it. And she says at the beginning of the book, you don't need to quit drinking right this second. Just listen to this book and then like your drinking will decrease <laughs> throughout. And I did find that to be true because she, she puts it in this real like point, counterpoint, like you think it's easing your anxiety, but it's actually making your anxiety worse. You think it's helping you make connections, but it's actually, you know, and kind of like a lot of scientific backing to it. So that book was really helpful for me in that way. And then I got Drinking a Love Story. I actually ordered it. I have it right here. I ordered it on Amazon. You can see all the little (laughs) annotations notes I did in this book. And this book for me by um, Caroline Knapp, it really addressed drinking from a more emotional perspective because I realized that there were a lot of emotional reasons um, that I found quitting drinking to be difficult. And so when I decided, okay, you know what, let's just stop, just stop drinking until you want to drink again. That's what I said to myself. I'm like, just stop until you want to drink again. And I found it to be easy for the first time. So I went a week and I didn't want to drink, so I didn't drink. And then I kept reading all these articles that were like, here's what I learned in the first 100 days of sobriety or the first 100 days of not drinking. And so I calculated the 100 days and I was like, okay, June 27th would be 100 days of no drinking. And I wrote it on a little index card and I thought in my head, there's no way I'm making it to 100 days, but let's just keep this within eye line. You know, I'm like, I'll put it in my book and, you know, Uh use it as a bookmark. And then I see it every day. And if I make it, I make it. And I really didn't crave having a drink until like 75 days in. And by that point I was like, well, you're 75 days in, like you can push past these cravings and just like make it to those hundred days. And I did. And I felt really, really good and really proud of myself by the end of it. So I think I saw, we threw an event together on your last day or like second day to 99. Last day, <laughs> yeah. Day 99. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was a little shitty because I was like, well, you know, you're close. <laughs> yeah, you basically made it. I won't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah. 
Did you get other, you know, were you in other social situations like that where other people were like, well, but you could, you know, did you feel those kind of pressures? I think so to some degree or people, maybe not quite in that kind of like direct way, but people just kind of being like, but you're not like an alcoholic. Like you don't have a Uh real problem. So like, why would you want to go this many days? Like, or they would say good for you, but in kind of this like condescending way, which was just like, Uh oh, good for you. You know, that you feel like you need to do that. Like, what must it be like to, you know, be drinking in a way where you feel like you have to stop, you know, like, and it was never said that way, but that's definitely the feeling that I got, you know, I don't know. And in my head, I was just like, well, I don't know. I feel healthy. I feel good. I don't think it's that you, you have to be falling down drunk every day to want to take a break from alcohol and give your body a rest. Yeah. So did you feel, you know, you went the hundred days What was it like after? Did you have a glass of wine to celebrate? Did you wait a while? How did you proceed from there? So I did go 101 days because I didn't drink the the day after because I just didn't, I didn't feel like it. You know, I, I was, there was a little bit of apprehension actually, you know, about going back into drinking. I was like, what if I go back to drinking the way I was drinking before? And, you know, so there was some nervousness there. Um, So I didn't start drinking immediately, immediately. I did have a glass of wine on day 102. And it was kind of like this little experiment. I was making dinner and I was drinking and I was taking very little sips to kind of figure out, okay, at what point during the drinking do I start to feel something? And it Uh really was like, three quarters of a way through one glass of wine wow, <laughs> is yeah. when I was like, okay, I'm starting to feel this, which for me, having drank as consistently as I was drinking previously, that's nothing, you know, like a glass uh-huh, of wine uh-huh. would have been like, that's just like a little amuse-bouche to We're the just evening. Up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> um, it was interesting to note that like, oh, okay. When you've been sober for a while, this is when your body actually does start reacting to alcohol. And then I wasn't drinking every day, but when I wanted to have a glass of wine or something is usually wine, I would, but I was very, very conscious of at what point does it stop feeling good to me? And really, and it's the same till now pretty much is two, like two glasses of wine is like when I feel good Anything beyond that, I start to feel drunk. And what I've really started to learn about myself is that I actually don't like feeling really drunk. Like, I just actually don't really like it. I thought that I did for a long time, but I I actually don't, you know. So I try to keep it to that two glasses. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, privates. Boo, boo. Privates with penises. I'm talking to you. <laughs> Our sponsor, Fleshlight, can help you reach new heights with your self-pleasure. And that is because Fleshlight is the number one selling male sex toy in the world. And they don't just leave you hanging over there. 
At Fleshlight, you can explore sex toys with expert guides and advice, especially if you're a beginner or you're looking to level up. If you have been listening to the show for a while, you know how I feel about self-pleasure, and it is very, very good. And I definitely endorse using sex toys. I have a lot of fun with sex toys myself. So with the Fleshlight Girls series, you can embrace your wildest porn star fantasies with a different porn actress every night. What? With the variety of models, sensations, and intensities, you can live out limitless fantasies. And you can automate your fantasies with a universal launch that fits most Fleshlight products. With its innovative touch control system, just set the controls, sit back, and enjoy. And you have pleasure right in your hands. Your pleasure is in your complete control. And as the ultimate male pleasure device on the market, it's as versatile as you are. Anatomical, stamina building, vibrating, or made for couples, you name it. You define your luxury moment. And I just want to say, if you have any shame around sex toys, please don't. It is so much better than being weird with girls because you feel kind of desperate or whatever. Fleshlight just allows you to chill out, wait for the right girl when she comes, and in the meantime, you know you are going to be getting yours and having a good time. So you don't even have to sweat it. And right now, Fleshlight is offering Private Parts Unknown listeners 10% off your order with our code PRIVATE10. So you just go to ppupod.com. That's the website, ppupod.com. You click Fleshlight and you use the promo code PRIVATE10 to get 10% off your delicious new device. Again, that is ppupod.com and enter code PRIVATE10. And it really helps support the show. It helps support yourself and your own sex drive. So go ahead and use the link in the episode description. We can all be horny together. We can keep this podcast going. So get yourself a flashlight and get yourself off. So you'll just do it now these days. This is like months later, Mm -hmm. just as you feel like it. Do you definitely notice that you're doing it fewer days of the week? Yeah. I mean, I would say in general, that's true. I mean, I still struggle to, and this is something that again, like I have clarity now to take a closer look at. I struggle to find coping mechanisms. Like if I've had a hard day, my brain Uh still goes, well, you should go pour a glass of wine. So that's uh-huh. something that I have to be very conscious of to try and keep a check on. I definitely am drinking less than I was drinking before the 100 days. Um, I set a couple of rules for myself whenever I went back to drinking because I, I really struggled with whether or not I would even go back. Like I, I thought maybe, maybe this sobriety will just be permanent and I'll just never drink again. But I spent a lot of time figuring out if that's what I wanted to do, decided it wasn't what I wanted to do but knew that if I was going to go back to drinking, I needed to set up some parameters around it for myself. So I made two rules for myself. And one was never have a drink if you don't want to, (laughs) which sounds silly. Um, Uh But the truth is, I think that oftentimes we are pressured in social situations to drink or we just don't think about it, right? Like we don't know if we want that drink or not just because we just take it because it was handed to us, you know? So uh, to just be mindful of that and be aware of that, only drink when you want to. And the second one was I never want to lose a day to drinking again. So I never want to be so hungover (laughs) the next day that I can't function that, you know, like I just those are my two rules. 
So outside of that, I can kind of do what I want. But what I found is that I don't really like drinking more than a couple of glasses anyway. Yeah. Did it inspire, you know, like you got me thinking, did you get other people around you, your worsties thinking about this? And did anybody get back to you about their own journeys? Um, I did have a few people DM me whenever I made that Instagram post. I did say like, you know, I'm not trying to be preachy or whatever. If you're interested in knowing why I did it or if you want to know kind of like the resources that I used, then reach out to me. And I was actually surprised by the number of people who did reach out who said, you know, I'm really curious about this. It's something that I've been thinking about for a while. Like, how did you get started? Why did you get started? And how have you found it to be? So I haven't had a lot of people come back to me with updates on whether or not they decided to maybe try a 30 days or a hundred days for themselves. But I definitely was surprised by the number of people who reached out with just the curiosity. I think more and more people are curious about what that feels like. Mm -hmm. Were there any other resources that you used during that time? Those two book recs are so good. This Naked Mind and Drinking a Love Story. Was there anything else that was really helpful? Uh, there's another book I read called Drinking Games, which is a memoir. Um, that one is more from a millennial perspective. I don't know that I would classify it so much as an addiction memoir, but it's still very interesting if you want kind of a millennial voice. Drinking a Love Story is definitely very like Gen X kind of centered. So if that's something that you're interested in, I would definitely give that one a read. Other than that, what I did was I made a private Pinterest board called sobriety and it was just for me and I would find articles that I found interesting and I would just dump them in there so that I could go back and find them. I also made a private Pinterest board called mocktails <laughs> with hey. just recipes for mocktails so that I could feel like I was still doing something fancy and you know participating in drinking culture without actually needing to have uh, an alcoholic beverage. So those two things, I wish I could say which articles I read that resonated with me, but you can find all kinds of sources online, even on Pinterest. Like there's tons of sober people on Pinterest. There's also a podcast called Sober Powered. Uh, mm. And that podcast, I met the host Jillian at a few podcasting events. She's lovely. She's so um, knowledgeable. And she talks a lot about kind of addiction and the brain and how those things work. So I would definitely give her a listen and a follow on social media as well. Did you wind up going to any meetings or that wasn't really kind of where you were at with it? Yeah, I didn't. Um, I'm not opposed to meetings. Um, if that's something that you feel like you need to stay on track. I know for a lot of people, community is very important. It was interesting, mm -hmm. you know, because the two books that resonated with me the most, This Naked Mind and Drinking a Love Story, take two very different approaches to sobriety. So Caroline Knapp had to go to AA. She's a very, she's an AA proponent, um, is pretty vocal about the ways in which AA saved her life. And Annie Grace doesn't necessarily think that you need to be an AA to get sober. Um, mm -hmm. However, she does have her own This Naked Mind community. So there is a lot of people, you know, really value that community aspect. 
I didn't partake in anything. I kind of just like bulldozed it and did it on my own. But I definitely think it's helpful for a lot of people. Yeah. So did it help your yoga practice? And are you... (laughs) Absolutely. It definitely did because... There is also something to be said for replacing addictions Uh (laughs) where uh, I had a lot more free time. I mean, that's something that you don't think about either is like really how much if you're drinking every night and you're doing it right after work, it stops you. It prevents you from doing a lot of things. You're not getting in your car and going somewhere. Even for me, reading is something that I like to do every day. I have a lot of reading goals for myself. I can't focus on a book if I've had too much to drink, you know, so... Mm -hmm. Drinking can really prevent you from doing a lot of things with your evening. And so I kind of just subbed out <laughs> drinking right after work to doing yoga right after work, uh, which is a much healthier addiction, you know, if you have to pick one. But I definitely think that it it gave me a much clearer mind and it, it changed my body, to be honest, like not drinking oh. as often because your body just hangs on to all of those empty calories from drinking. Uh-huh. And I, I, I didn't expect it. I didn't stop drinking with the hope of like, oh, I want to lose weight or any of those things. But I definitely think it had an impact in that way. Ooh. And it also made me more flexible. I wasn't as dehydrated. You know, yeah, it was, it was very helpful. Nice. <laughs> I don't know if you have this, but I have definitely had, you know, where you wake up the next morning and you're like, oh God, did I say this thing? Or I'm not sure what I said, which Mm -hmm. is like the worst fucking feeling Yes. Yeah. I mean, actually that was one of the things because the day I decided to quit drinking, it was the day after my birthday party. So it was the day before my actual birthday, but it was the day after my birthday party. And it wasn't even that I did or said anything that was that embarrassing, but I did remember it the next day and had that kind of like cringe moment of just like, that is not something that I would have said out loud if I had not been drinking. You know, and again, it wasn't even something like so bad, but it was just that realization of like, you are not as in control as you think you are. And that is scary. That's embarrassing. And it really fed into this like high anxiety that I didn't love. It was giving me like panic, you know? And yeah, absolutely. I, the hang, those hangover feelings, anxiety and like memories of what did or didn't happen the night before, horrible. Yeah. I had a really bad night of drinking during the pandemic because it was like the first time it was my partner had opened a restaurant, you know, and it was like during the pandemic. So it was like already terrible. And then we all got together for the first time in so many months. And so Mm -hmm. everyone was wasted. Yeah, And I walked home and it was so dangerous in retrospect, and I skinned my knee and like some stranger had to put me in an Uber. It was like yeah. horrible. Oh, I feel you. I feel, I've had nights <laughs> like that too, where you look back and you're just like, oh my God, I was that person. I was that person. Like that person I who put you in died. the Uber. Yeah. You don't know who that person is. Like, thank God yeah. it was like a nice 
like helpful person, but it could have been anyone. And I feel like there's almost this weird pride, especially among like millennials, you know, like where we grew up in such a different time and it was like kind of a weirdly dangerous time where we just, uh-huh. and there's this weird pride about like, I could have died so many times because <laughs> I was drinking Everclear in a field with 25 year olds. And you're like, that's scary. (laughs) Yes. Totally scary. It's not something we should look back on and be like, what a time. (laughs) Yeah. I remember after that, I quit drinking for 30 days because I was just like, I need to not do that. I normally am not, I don't feel, you know, like now I'm not, I I could go, I don't know how many nights without having a drink. It's like, I'm not waiting for it. But during that time, I definitely had started to rely on it. And so going 30 Mm -hmm. days was way harder than I thought Mm -hmm. it would be. And that's when I was like, oh, this is maybe a problem. (laughs) No, but it's so good to have that reality check because you can go your whole life without drinking being life destroying in the way that we often see it. You know, like you don't have to lose your house and your job and your kids and like all of those things. But the truth is if you are drinking every day, one, it probably is preventing you from doing other more productive things. Um, Mm -hmm. And two, it's simply not good for your body. Like it just isn't like there is no way around the fact that like Alcohol is a toxin and it might be relaxing in small doses and it might be fun in the right environment. But if you are dosing yourself with essentially poison every day, it's just not good for you. Like it just isn't. So it's good to have that reality check every now and again of like, okay, I need to prove to myself that I can go without this for an an extended period of time, whether that be like a couple of weeks or a month or a couple of months, you know, or forever, if that's what you want. Definitely. So I guess, do you have any, I mean, you've given so many helpful tips already, but any final tips to privates who might be struggling and thinking, maybe I need a detox too? (laughs) Um, You know, I think once you start having those feelings, it's only a matter of time. I mean, I had them for a long time before I finally decided, okay, you really need to just commit to a certain amount of time. And then once I felt really ready and committed, it was easy. And I don't want to say that it will be easy for everybody, but I do think once you have an understanding of what you want, the way that alcohol is actually like negatively impacting your life, it will help make that decision easy for you. And you won't want to drink in the same way that you did before. I would advise you know, definitely be open with people, talk to people. Again, I didn't have a community, but I had friends who I was very open with, you know, and had conversations with who were very supportive. So I would say definitely make sure that you're like open with the people in your life, that this is something that you want to do. And anyone who's not supportive of that, in my experience, it says more about them than it does about you. It says something Mm -hmm. about the way that they feel about their own drinking, um, and their own issues with that. And so just ignore it, (laughs) ignore it as best as you can. And if you need to let those people go while you're focusing on your health and your sobriety, then maybe you need to do that. For sure. 
Well, thank you so much. Tell everyone about you have an awesome podcast, so <laughs> they should listen to you. Tell them about your podcast. <laughs> thank you so much, Courtney. Um, so uh, I have a podcast with my co-hosts, Christina and Cassie, called My Worst Date Podcast. We tell dating stories. If you are listening to this and you have some dating disasters that you would love to share, we <laughs> are super, super open to those. Maybe we'll read them on the podcast. You can email us at myworstdatepodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can also find us on social media at myworstdatepodcast. And you can find me on social media at keegan.winfield, though I am a pretty infrequent poster at this moment in time. I think that that post after my hundred days was the last thing I have on my, <laughs> on my Instagram. And that was months ago. So yes, but thank you so much for having me, Courtney. It's always wonderful to sit and chat with you. Yes, definitely. Thank you so much. Thanks again to Keegan. This was so helpful. I loved her book recommendations. I am definitely going to be reading those. And thanks for tuning into this episode of Private Parts Unknown. Stay tuned right here because I've got another sexy episode coming your way next week. For the latest episodes, look down and make sure you're following us on your favorite podcast player now. If you are listening on Spotify, it's like a follow button and a bell button. And on a lot of platforms, it's like a follow or a subscribe. To stay in touch between episodes, follow me at Courtney Kosak. That is K-O-C-A-K on Instagram and Twitter. And follow the show at Private Parts Unknown on Instagram and at Private Parts Un on Twitter. And privates, I am shamelessly trying to hit the top 1% on OnlyFans always and forever. So if you are interested in a Playboy style peek behind the podcast, you can subscribe to my OnlyFans account. It's OnlyFans.com slash Coco Peep Show. It's a really horny way to help support the show. So again, if you're interested, join me on OnlyFans. It's OnlyFans.com slash Coco Peep Show. And of course, subscribe to our newsletter at privatepartsunknown.substack.com. There is a link in the episode description. And subscribe to the Private Parts Unknown YouTube channel for the video version of a bunch of episodes from our back catalog. It is youtube.com slash privatepartsunknown. That's youtube.com slash privatepartsunknown. And check out my other podcasts for more of my audio creations. I have The Bleeders about book writing and publishing and Podcast Bestie, which is a best friend to podcasters trying to grow and monetize their shows. Shout out to Amy Rausch for the bomb-ass theme music. For more info about Amy and her music, check out amyrausch.com. That's Amy, R-A-A-S-C-H.com. This episode was mixed by my beloved audio guy, Michael Castaneda of Plastic Audio. And after enjoying this content, could we ask you for a quick favor? Just go to ratethispodcast.com slash private and give us a five-star rating and review. We are currently trying to hit some rating and review goals and y'all have seriously hooked it up on Spotify. You just helped us surpass 130 ratings on Spotify. We are now up to 131. So let's get to 140, okay? If we could get to 140 by the end of the year, that would be amazing. So if you are listening on Spotify, you just go to the upper left-hand corner of our page, click the star button, and then click all five stars. On Apple Podcasts, you guys have also helped us out recently. We are up to 277 ratings. We would love to get to 280. 
let's just get to 280, okay? We've been kind of stuck in the 270s for a long time. So if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and a review. We got a new review from Wafist Method, and it says, hey, you, Shazam. And you know what? I love any rating, and I will take a Shazam any day of the week. So you can help us reach our rating and review goals no matter where you are listening by going to ratethispodcast.com slash private and leaving us a five-star rating and review. And hey, one more thing. There is another way you can help support the show. We are now on the Fountain app. So if you are listening on Fountain or another V for V platform and you get value from this show, you can support us by sending a boostagram. And you can even send a comment along with your boost. And I have to say, those are my favorite messages to get because they come with money. So I just want to shout out some awesome recent supporters. Pretty Jazzed, a Castomatic, has supported us with over 3,000 sats. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. MNFTS at Podverse supported us with 550 sats. And I am so grateful. So again, if you are listening on Fountain or another V4V platform, you can send us a boostergram, you can send us some sats for streaming, and we are so, so grateful. Thank you so much for sticking with me until the end. Until next time, stay curious and keep exploring. Love you, privates. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.